Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. My, uh, I guess I kind of call him a friend now, and past interviewee, uh, Nat Eliason, is someone who's been blogging now for a long time. And one of the blog posts that really hit big for him was how he how he makes money as a blogger. And I went to read it because I wanted to understand. I I said, this is a guy I thought was blogging for fun. Whenever he reads a book, he does a book summary on it. And his book summaries have become popular. But I, I know when I talked to him, he said that he does it because he wants to remember what's in the books. How's he even making money? Well, it turns out one of the things that he does is he'll create courses like the one that he did on Rome, which is the software that he really liked for taking notes. And that just how much did that one produce? It's a few hundred thousand dollars from these courses. He's got this other course. Um, you know what? I don't want to go into his numbers, but he's basically making money by teaching. He's built up his, his content on his own site by writing about the things that he personally wants to remember and he teaches. Joining me is an entrepreneur who created a platform that helps teachers more than just teach, but also test and make what they're teaching interactive and make sure that their students actually remember it. It's kind of like Shopify for online education. If you want to teach, you want the platform, they'll make it easy for you. The software and company is called Learn Worlds. And the founder, his name is Panos. Tell me if I've got the last name. Siaso? No, Siasos. Siosos. Siosos. Oh, Siosos. We practiced this so many times before we got started. So good to have you here. We're going to find out how he built up this company, how it's doing, how it's competing with so many other platforms. I feel like now everyone wants to create software for teaching online. How's he doing so well? We're going to find out all that thanks to two phenomenal sponsors. The first, if you want to start creating content online, I think there's no better platform than WordPress. You should go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy and host your website there, right? And the second, if you have a team, Gusto will make sure that they get paid and taken care of right. And I'll tell you later why you should go to gusto.com slash Mixergy. But first, Panos, good to have you here. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me. How much revenue are you guys producing? We're at 5 million ARR right now. 5 million annual recurring revenue. Impressive. Considering also the fact, here's the part that's most impressive for me. Your background is all education. Weren't your parents teachers? Yes, not only me, but also of my co-founders. We came all from uh, public school teachers. So education was very much valued at our homes. Education was a, a, both a way of living, but also it was a way of contributing back to the society. And I think this is something that we we keep to this day and we really value teachers and people who are able to, to teach and, uh, and, and teach other people how to do things. So... What's different about your platform? I want to know how you went from being someone who loved teaching, who comes from a, a family of teachers, to be building this software company for teachers. But I want to understand first, how is it different? There's so many other platforms. I've interviewed five other guys in the last two years, I think, who've created software for teaching. What's different about Learn Worlds? Well, sometimes we, we believe that we see a new platform coming out every, almost every week or every other day. So it's a, it's a very hot topic right now. What differentiates us is that we have a background in e-learning and we've spent many, many years in academia researching and creating e-learning products. So our, our platform is not just a technical thing that we put together. Uh, 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 we didn't duct tape a few solutions so that people can start easily creating and selling online courses, but we're bringing along lots of R&D. The state of the art of e-learning, we try to make it accessible to everyday teachers, teachers so that they can create the best possible versions of their online courses. Be more specific, like what? what what's different? What can we do that we can't do somewhere else or that we may not even know we should be doing for mm -hmm. our students? Well, some of the things, video is one of the, is the most precious asset when it comes to online courses, is uh, the thing that most people use. And at the end of the day, it all looks the, it all looks the same. Most people just upload a video, five, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, it's linear, 
it's, uh, it's and in most cases, it's even boring. One of the things that they are able to do in LearnWorlds is create interactive videos. So you can just upload your linear video that you shot at home, perhaps with a mobile device or with a, with a web camera or a screencast. And with just a few clicks, without being an expert, without being an ed tech expert or a video expert, you can convert it into an interactive experience that is very engaging for the students. And this shows very well in the analytics and the actual bottom line, because people like the courses that they get in there, they like this interactive video experience, so they're willing to spend more and buy more courses. One example is that yes. a video plays, let's say you want to teach something like conflict resolution in a workspace and you have two people talking with each other, the video pauses, a question pops up and asks you what is the right approach or what what should be the right the, the, what's the right uh, response in, in, in one case, and the student has to teach. So they are no longer just passive viewers of a video, which is usually very boring and, and leads to very uh, drop of attention very rapidly, and then people just uh, let the video sometimes play, but they have to make choices. They have to interact. They control their own space their own uh, their own pace of, of learning so they construct their own mental model and they learn better happy students learn better they're willing to pay more that's the bet that we that we took and this is what we see uh, being verified every day what about note taking one of the things that i've i've done this uh this past year is i signed up for skillshare and i started taking these courses one of my favorites, by the way, is massage. I, t- I learned how to how to give my wife a good massage. Note taking such a pain in the neck. I'm opening up a note doc from Apple Notes. I'm doing screenshots. I'm trying to copy and paste from one thing to another. I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting down at a computer to do this. I'm doing it on my iPad, so it doesn't all all the features aren't there. What do you do for that? Well, uh, again, this is something that uh, was one of the very first feature that features that we added into our platform. Sometimes we th- we think that other platforms, without wanting to disparage anyone, but in most cases, learning feels just like throwing a PDF or a video at somebody and wait and wait to see what sticks. But this is not how people learn. Like you mentioned, you need your notes, you need to have your books, you have to you you need to be able to record your progress and to create your own artifacts as you go along. So one of the first things that we did in the platform is our ebook editor, where you can just upload, copy paste your text, or you can just import a Word document and you create a beautiful mobile friendly ebook where you can just highlight passages of text or add your own post-it notes. So as you read along, you have your very own representation of your understanding. You can just add your questions, your notes. And at the end of the day, these are the things that are most important for you. These are the things that you will remember, not just the things that you studied, but where you put some effort and you created your notes. And Yeah, you're saying because I take notes, when I take notes, I remember more, but for me, that's really important. And then the other thing is I need a way to get them out so that I could just see the things that I thought were more important. What are the steps that matter to me? Is there an export? Is there a way to see that? Yeah, there's a way to, to print. There's a way to see all your notes at one at one place. So yeah. these are little things that help students and help them uh, convert. The same happens with assessment. There, In the platform, we offer two modes of assessment. There can be a formal final assessment. This is perhaps what a continuing professional education business needs in order to give out a certificate. So you have to go in and you can take a 100 question, 60 minute, multiple choice, randomized test, which is like very, very formal, but also equally important, even more important for for learning is the formative assessment where you just self-test your knowledge. You go in, you do a test, perhaps you take the same test five or 10 times, and then you can see where you were right, where you were wrong, so you can go back to the actual content, the videos or the eBooks and study and repeat. So this is in terms of uh, the the learning achievement and how much you learn, the formative assessment is much more important than the final assessment, which by then the the the, the course is is done. So that was part of my PhD as well. So this is the kind of knowledge that we put that that we took. We we were we were in the academia. We were creating many different platforms. We were testing them with students in academia. So you that's what I was going to go into next. Your previous experience creating educational platforms was what? 
in an academic setting. We were researchers, we were doing a PhD, postgraduate studies in a, in a university in Greece. So we had our own lab. We were creating different applications, testing them with students or with other, uh, with other people. And then we were doing research on that, publishing papers or presenting conferences. Just doing uh, it academically. Were you also creating software or creating some... Yes, we process? were very hands-on. We were very hands-on as uh, as students. So that was uh, early two thousand. We were we started creating the first uh, web application. So we had it was becoming much easier to produce something and put it online. So we didn't want just to be theoretical. We always wanted to create actual products that people would use and see improvement in how they learn, in how they uh, how they progress. And this is what we were doing. Were but you selling it, it? No, no, no. It was it was just to give you the, the context. It uh-huh. was in Greece, early 2000. Nobody knew anything about doing business online or forming and startup. So we didn't have any kind of guidance like that. But we always knew that we could do better. That having a great application that 200 students use can be very satisfactory, but we wanted 200,000 students or 200 million students. So it wasn't about a business. It was just, there's got to be a better way to learn. We are studying this right now. We'll create it somehow, but it won't necessarily be a startup. Yes. That was your thinking. Uh Then you went to, then you went to work at the European parliament. Why? Why didn't you go into teaching? Why didn't you go do something else? The team back then, we were we are three co-founders. We followed the same path. Two of us completed our PhDs. The the other didn't complete the PhD, but we were working in in this academia setting. And then for a few years, we headed into different directions. One continued in an academic setting and now is a professor. The other worked in our our chief product officer went on to to become a, a full professor. Our CTO worked in different software products. And I uh, went into into policy, actually. I was working in the European Parliament for the European research policy. So I was always curious about innovation and how you can achieve massive scale and massive impact with the products that you create. But I was approaching that in a, in a, in a different setting. In terms what type of, of policies? Policy. Sorry? What type of pol- what type of policies were you working on? Uh, one of the biggest things that I worked on was the European budget for research and innovation, which was equivalent of seventy five billion dollars. So we were okay. working about what is where should money go, where we should we invest money in uh, clean tech or nanotechnology or uh, anything anything else. So I was working in this space, but we always had a niche, and we was. We were talking together about what we could do and how we could get our previous experience, our theoretical knowledge, and create a product that people would be able to use. And as the years went by, increasingly, it was much easier to do a startup. We, we didn't need any servers. You did, cloud computing made things much more accessible. Online video was much more accessible, much more easy to do. So this is the kind of experience we had. And at some point, we got together. We saw that uh, that was end of 2011, early 2012. Team Treehouse was around. Linda, if you remember. Yeah. So at that point, it became obvious that there were other paths to knowledge outside traditional academia or schooling. You didn't have to go to university to become a web developer. In fact, probably the worst way to become a great web developer is to go to the university. You could just go online or start working on projects and acquire practical knowledge that you can go in and uh, and apply to it in a real setting. And this is where all this knowledge we had, all this started solidifying in our heads and said, okay, we'll bring, we were still seeing that the platforms out there were still very crappy and we were very dissatisfied by the kind of platforms that people were using. And we said, okay, we can do better. We, we have the know-how, we can bring all our previous experience and create a product that people will uh, be able to use create amazing courses and monetize their knowledge or their audience, be able to make profit out of it, make something that is practical. You mentioned lynda.com and Treehouse. Lynda for a while there became one of my most profitable interviews on Mixergy because she she did an interview with me about how she created lynda.com. This before she sold it to what? To LinkedIn for about a billion dollars, am I right? Probably, probably more, but that was one of the major acquisitions when it came to, to online courses. It was quite inspirational for us. 
And so why didn't you copy her model? Oh, there it is. It's 1.5 billion, according to Business Insider. Why, um, why didn't you copy her model where it's a platform, other people come and create their content there, and she sells it and then splits the revenue with the creators? Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say that our initial idea was something similar. So the first thing that we wanted to try was to create a platform and the content ourselves. So we started a small a small business in, in, in Greece where we were creating content about becoming a web developer, like learning HTML5 and CSS3 and where you could go in and, and start learning about this stuff. We realized very early on that creating the content can be very, very difficult and uh, and, and this is very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. And at that point, other teachers approached us and say, oh, that's an amazing platform. Can I use it for teaching photography? Can I use it for teaching marketing? Can I use it for teaching math? So at that point, we realized that this can become something much bigger. And, and also, at that point, we realized that the model of the marketplace is one thing where you create, I don't know, an Amazon kind of business where you control the entire marketplace, you have the users, you have everything, and then more and more people come to you. But also we started realizing, but this is not the best possible model for the actual creators. If you're a creator, let's say, and you go to Udemy, the first few guys that went there, they managed to become very well known. They had access to thousands of students, but the, those that came after and those that came after those, they, they it was increasingly difficult to become known to differentiate yourself from yourself from the other hundreds of thousands course creators. So this is where we decided that our our model is not the supermarket, the the marketplace, but it's the model of creating the individual school, the individual property. The same thing like Shopify. So if Amazon is the marketplace and Shopify is where you create your own digital property and you can start yeah. selling your own courses, this is what we preferred and this is what is what empowers the actual uh, creators, the the teachers, the content creators, the, those that have the audience, it allows them to create a very valuable property, an online business, a business in a box uh, from where they can uh, they can sell their online courses or uh, or other products or memberships. All right. I want to know how you created the first version, but first let me tell you about my first sponsor. It's HostGator for hosting websites. I looked it up. I know how much uh, I know how much Nat brought in from that course. So he actually published this. He said his course on how to uh, how to use Rome. Do you know Rome? It's this note taking app that's becoming mm-hmm. really popular, but it's pretty. It's it's still very beta. I don't even think they have an iOS app or a desktop app of any kind. Anyway, he got excited about it. He created a course for it. $400,000 he made on it in nine months because he taught this thing that was uh, that a lot of people were curious about and frankly is a little bit complicated. But the reason he was able to do that is he built up his audience on his blog by writing about the things that were interesting to him. I see some articles, I think, on his site about tea. I see articles on his site about a budget. I see articles on his site about books that he read. And he's just just writing largely so that he remembers, largely that he's held accountable, but also the rest of us are reading it. He's building up a reputation, building up this uh, this audience. And so when he has a course to sell, boom, he's got, a, he's got an audience of people who are ready to buy it. The reason I say this, if you're out there and you have not started a site yet, this is the time to go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. When you use that URL, you'll get an incredibly low price for hosting package that just freaking works and allows you to focus on your business. I've hosted Mixergy on HostGator for a long time. I'll continue to host on them for a long time because it just works. And I urge you, if you're getting started, <coughs> I need some tea here. If you're getting started right now, go to HostGator.com slash Mixergy, build up that business. Panos, do you have, do you have an example of someone um, who's started blogging, started writing, and then ended up creating a course on your platform? I think we have many examples of those. Anybody who has our ideal customer is anybody who already has an audience and has or is able to create content. And this can start from a blog. It can be a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. It can be a, a podcast for that matter. Any any people, anyone who has a following and can create some form of content can create a very successful online school. So we have several such examples. We have Instagrammers, people who started posting. Uh, let's say an amazing case we have uh, 
two guys, amazing team, School of Calisthenics from the UK. They started by doing calisthenics exercises mm-hmm. in uh, out in the park, shooting some great videos on Instagram. They started having a, a following. They launched uh, on us uh, with uh, with LearnWolds on uh, on the summer of 2019. So this thing started becoming bigger. And as you can imagine, when COVID hit, they skyrocketed from a local UK business. They became uh, a, a global a global business with, because uh, people couldn't go to the gym, and so they if they can't go, go to, the, to gym, the gym, they're going so, outside and doing these so exercises. It. And this started from an Instagram account. We have others who started with a blog, others who started with a website, a podcast. Any kind of audience can be can be monetized that way. I sometimes I say that. Uh, online courses are the ebooks of 2020. Anything that you would do with an ebook back in 2000, like creating authority, presenting yourself as an expert, uh, getting some leads, for example, or uh, getting some some traction, having people follow you, and even obviously selling it, selling your ebook, your knowledge, and and getting revenue. People can do that now much easier with an online course. The online course is the ebook of 2020. It's much more interactive. It's much easier to create. You don't have to write or edit. You can just go online, create a few videos about the things that you know, obviously, and uh, that your your followers are interested in in learning about, and you can start selling it. And it's much easier to update. It's much more interactive. It's much more engaging, and it's much more profitable. How, how, How much can you sell a book for? For 50 euro, dollars, 100? We have on our site online courses that are being sold for $800, one thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars. So this is something that you can sell with a transformative course. This is a course that can change somebody's life, and people okay. are willing to to invest in that. Let, let's go back then to how you built this business. You had the idea. Who built the first version of the software? Who created it? Well, we were three co-founders. Uh, the two of them built the platform. I was working more on the uh, on the. I didn't on realize the they. Side. I didn't realize they had technical background. They were able to code it themselves. Yes, well, I was also a coder, but in this case, I was assigned to doing the, the research and trying to find our customers and competitors and what other others people do. We handcrafted the first version of the platform. And still to this day, there are some vast libraries that have been written by my two co-founders, the first people who nobody t- dares to touch. It, it's so complicated and convoluted code that still first- hangs somewhere in there in the background. Panos, what did the first version do? The first, well, this is one of the uh, one of the uh, uh, interesting things about the platform. We don't believe in lean. We don't believe in MVP. The first version was much more complex, probably, than the version that we have today. So we it, probably, from a business point of view, it doesn't make much sense. But e-learning is quite deep. So we, you, you, it's not easy to identify if you're onto something. If you have a great product unless you build the entire thing and have students spend significant time. So you cannot just fool people with a light prototype or an MVP. So we had to build the entire thing. That took us almost two years, two years of work, nights and the weekends. While you had a full-time job. While we had a full-time job. And after a certain point, after a few months, the two of us were funding the third co-founder who quit his day job in order to be able to work full-time on the platform. We also brought a young guy from with us from the university, a previous student of ours. So at that point, we were four people, three working on the platform and, and the content. I was working on the, on the business side. What does that mean that you were working on the business side? What were you doing? Researching cold emailing, uh, working on content, blog, uh, setting up. Actually writing the, con- writing the content, publishing it for those two years they, uh, they were coding? Uh, everything that you can imagine, uh, heading, cold calling, trying to knocking on people's doors. At, at, at that particular time, we were trying to see whether we could find any attraction within Greece. As you may imagine, that was 2012, 2013. Greece was in a terrible situation financially. Nobody was investing in e-learning. So that was probably one of the best things that happened to us is that we failed to find any traction in Greece. So we had right away very fast to, to switch to the US market and start approaching that market 
which was obviously very mature. You didn't have to explain that to anybody what an online course is and what is the value of e-learning. So that uh, uh, at that point, things started becoming much, uh, much easier. So it took us about two years to create uh, to create the platform. We were, were you also trying to get potential customers to sign up to give you feedback, Panos? Was that your job? Yes, that that too. Try to get some customers to give us uh, to give us feedback. It was uh, at that point, as I mentioned, the first iteration of the platform. We had created our own content around uh, learning HTML. So this is the first thing that we tried to sell. We had some successes there. So we were selling the actual course ourselves. We had a few successes there. But the 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 best thing that we got is that people really liked the platform. Even those that didn't like the actual course they realized that the platform is very, very powerful. So they wanted to use it for teaching other other subjects, the things that they had in mind. Who are some of the people you can think of that you that you use or that you talk to? Well, at that point, we realized that in terms of, uh, we were experts in the subject and we were quite good technically so that we could implement our platform. But from a business point of view, we were amateurs. So at that point, we were doing everything that the amateurs have to do, you know, an aspiring startupper. So we were going to any kind of competitions. We were participating in business incubators, startup competitions, student competitions. At this point, we were, I don't know, 35 years old, PhDs. We were able, we had, we were, we could find jobs that would pay us a few thousand dollars per month, but we started at square zero. At zero, we but wait, doing the, the comp- basic stuff. Some of the competitions were you talking about what you were doing, showing it off, and winning some prize money, right? Yes, some not money. The first, no. the first things that we won were very, I don't know, a par- a participation, a, a, a hot desk in a works in a in a co-working space. We were okay. winning some very minor things that didn't make much sense, but they give us positive feedback. People were seeing that there is some value in here. And in an, from another competition, we got $10,000 worth of Microsoft Azure hosting. So okay. that was super valuable. That went long way into being able to support the platform because that's 10,000 that we wouldn't have to spend out of our own pockets. And, and then we, we got more and more in one competition, we got our first we got a, a price of 5,000 euro, five and a half thousand dollars. And that was our first marketing budget. That was one of the biggest successes. And this is one of the things that kept us into the game. We were getting positive feedback. They didn't have any actual customers yet, but we were getting there. We were realizing that we're onto something. All right. Who was your first customer? The first user. Uh, our first, our first customer was uh, an an excellent one of the top artistic photographers from uh, from Greece. So that was a guy who was already a very well known photographer. I mean, uh, amongst these uh, the, the these artistic cycles, he was uh, he was uh, uh, expert in talking and presenting. He had shot several documentaries. So we helped him shoot the online courses, create okay. the uh, create his online course, and help him also to sell the online courses because he wasn't a marketer. He didn't have an expertise on how to sell these courses. And this is where we actually had users come in for another customer and consume their content and, and have some, some actual feedback about the platform. That was one of the, of the great uh, first experiences. What did you learn about helping him sell? That it's not easy. That not anybody can do it. Even if somebody has the content or is an expert teacher teaching and selling, it's not always the same thing. So you have to help people or to give them the right tools and the right guidance so that they're able to help themselves. So this is where we started understanding that it's not a successful online course platform. It's not just about creating the best possible version of your online course. That's something that our scientists selves understood very well how to create that. But there we understood that we also help need to help people to sell online courses. And that means we have to teach them about digital marketing, the different channels, affiliates and uh, SEO and uh, and Facebook ads and stuff like that and was, help them to implement those things. I was impressed that you weren't turned off by that. I was impressed that considering your academic background, that you didn't see people sell using countdown timers and scarcity and turn your nose up at it and say, ooh, PU, that's not for us. 
you actually said, all right, if that's what's working, we're going to put that in here. Yes, I, I guess we were we were very stubborn and very we, we were willing to learn. And I, I always say that a startup and any kind of project, it's not determined by the things that you know, because you don't know anything when you start or even when you finish, you don't know much about the business and how it changes, but it's determined by how fast you learn. So this is one of the great lessons we learned once we switched to the US market and we had some customers there that already had used different platforms and they had very strong ideas about how you approach the US market, which I have to say, it's a bit more aggressive when it comes to marketing from our European point of view, you know, where things are a bit more relaxed and more uh, like selling aggressively. It's not something that happens in Europe uh, very, uh, very well. I guess it's a kind of frowned upon socially. Uh, but it, this is something that we learned from our, from our best US customers, like we need this. We need to be able to make an offer. And as you mentioned, we need to create the sense of urgency or scarcity. So we need a countdown timer that will expire and <laughs> something that will blink. And, and so you added it. People. So we added it. We said, okay, we yeah. have to try it. This is what people are telling us. This is what they know. I mean, they, they've seen that before. Let's see if this is the way to go. And I have to admit that at this point, we started even trimming down some of the e-learning tools that we had in the platform that were difficult for people to understand and to use. So we said, okay, let's thin a bit the, the e-learning part, all the the uh, the over-the-top, some over-the-top tools that we had, some things that were quite, uh, quite uh, difficult for the average teacher to use. So we started toning down some of the e-learning parts and started working more on the e-commerce parts and what are the things that we need so that we can create for them a very, very successful e-commerce engine to help them sell as many courses as possible. Okay, I'm going to come back and ask you where what you toned down and then where you got your teachers, what was working for you. But first, let me take a moment to talk about uh, Gusto. And I have to tell you, everyone's leaving San Francisco. It feels like there's a moving truck outside my house every day or my block every day. So I called up my accountant and I said, if we leave San Francisco, it seems like we just won't have to pay taxes for California, right? If we go to Austin and he comes back to me with an email that says, it's actually not that easy. Uh, we should get on a call. I get on a call with him and he says, there are a few issues that you need to consider. First, any options that you might've gotten while you were in California. California is going to say that any money accrued on them, even if you sell it years later, belongs to like some taxes go to California. And then your, your wife's job, they need to be okay with doing a couple of things that makes you into a non-Californian citizen. And why, anyway, so now I gotta go deal with my wife's job too. And I realized, no, I don't. She's just going to fire off a message to her HR person. The HR person will get back to her within five minutes. And then we know how we could dis what, what we need to do. And if we decide to leave, she just has another person she could follow up with and it's all taken care of. Here's why that matters with Gusto. Today, Panos, employees, contractors have questions like this all the time. A company wants to help them out, allow them to go live someplace happier, cheaper, whatever, closer to family. But you don't always know how to handle all that. That's where Gusto comes in. Not only do they make it easy, but they even have HR professionals standing there ready to help you out as the business owner, ready to help your team out as the people who are trying to pay and manage and take care of your, your staff. That's what's great about Gusto. The same level of care that my wife has at her company, which is a publicly traded company, very robust team and all that. Anyone who's listening to us, even if they have just one, two, three, five, ten 10 people should have access to that. Gusto wants to make it available to you. They make it super easy for you to pay your people. Yes, they make it super easy for you to manage your people, regardless of whether they decided to move from one state to another, or make some other change. And even if they're contractors, they could take care of them. I want you to go right now and create this for your team. And then you'll recognize the benefit for you as you can handle these issues so quickly. In, uh, in operating your business. So here it is. It's Gusto. Go Google them. You're going to see how great they are. And then once you Google them, do me a favor, use my URL. Yes, they'll give you three months for free, but I'll be honest with you. It also gives me credit for turning you on to Gusto. So here's that URL that will give you three months for free and give uh, me a nice pat on the back from them for turning you on to them. It's gusto.com slash Mixergy. G-U-S-T-O dot com slash M-I-X-E-R-G-Y. Gusto, thanks so much for sponsoring. This is a killer company here. Um, I was so happy when they wanted to sponsor. 
What did you tone down when you were toning down your e-learning? Well, we had some quite unique tools. One of the things that I can remember now is that in our first, the first iteration of our ebook, on top of all the note-taking tools that we had and being able to add post-its, we also had the possibility of adding little code simulations. So as I mentioned, we had started for uh, aspiring uh, course sellers for uh, uh, HTML programming and stuff like that. So in your eBooks, where you were reading something about how to write code, you could embed a, a simulator where you could write code and see right next to that, how that translates into an actual page, an actual button or an actual design. So these, these, are, these were some of the things that we had inside. And at, at some point we said, okay, it will just, it's not easy for, for people to use that or they're not understanding right now how to use that. So we started uh, uh, removing some of those tools or not making it available to, to everybody. So at, at that point also we realized how important it is for the platform to be super user-friendly, to be able to onboard, self-onboard super easily and be able to create their first online course in a matter of minutes. Once they see how their online school can look, can look like and how easy it is to create an online course, they're much more willing to, uh, to stay, test it and at the end convert. So from this day, we always started, we kept improving the, the platform, adding more ready-made tools. Right now in our platform, you can go in and you can start with seven different web e-learning website templates. Full, ready, right out of the box. What is so it, design or what comes in a template? Design and the pages. Even we have the copy, but obviously you can go in and change the copy or change the images. So we have a ready-made template for yoga teachers and a ready-made template for marketing courses and a ready-made template for photography courses. So you can just, or art, you can just pick one of those, customize it to your own needs, and you have a full e-learning website, e-commerce enabled out of the box and mobile friendly right out of the box. And you have it in, I don't know, four or five minutes. And then you can just play around and optimize your content, your marketing copy, and then you can create your, your actual courses. So we knew, we, we, we understood how important this is and we kept making super easy for people to create their courses and, uh, and as easy as possible. I find that a lot of times people don't even know how to teach what they're good at. One of the things that we do, we, we've got courses on Mixergy Premium, and one of the things that we do is we create it for them. And we're talking about smaller master classes where we bring an entrepreneur on, we interview them, we create the content. And the reason we do it is because even the best experts I've found, they freeze up when it comes to teaching they unless they've done it a lot they feel a sense of writer's block almost about where to start how to do it they feel doubt they feel um they they feel inadequate are, are they who are they to teach is a big thing that comes up how do you get people past that do you even bother getting teachers past that yeah, it, it happens. Uh, it, uh, we, we see different, depending on from, from their background and from where people come, there might be several roadblocks. There might be some amazing teachers who have done this before, have taught thousands upon thousands of hours. So for them, it's super easy to create the content. Others, while they're super experts in their subjects, have no idea about how to pop, to make popular their knowledge and how to to explain it in, a, in an easy way. For example, one of the first mistakes that people do is they say, okay, I know this subject, let's say how to do Facebook ads, whatever, let's record a 60 minute video. And we say, no, this is the last thing that you should do. There is ample research that student attention falls rapidly after 12 minutes. So there's no reason why you should create a 60 minute video. It's super easy, difficult to produce 60 minutes of talking and uh, like how you can, how will you edit this thing? What you need to do is break, the, break this thing down, create six, 10 minutes videos, 10 minute videos, which are much easier to produce, much easier to update, much easier to add something in between if uh, the demand uh, arises for, for something new. So these are some of the things that we suggest and how we do that. We produce lots of content and we do lots of customer education and customer training. We produce, for example, some great eBooks where we have ready-made templates of courses. Like, do you want to do a masterclass? Do you want to do a fast class? Do you want to do a hybrid course 
with live plus self-paced courses, we give to those to, to people these kinds of options so that they can think what is possible. They can take the, the, the template that fits their audience and their own situation, and they can work with that. I do see templates now becoming a bigger and bigger thing, like Notion. Their whole business seems to be growing because these, well, not because of that, but largely, I'd say, because people are creating templates. Notion's pretty freaking complicated. You know this note-taking app? Have you used it? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know Notion. You can do lots and lots of things. So lots with templates, people need some kind of guidance, some kinds of certainty in order to start building. This is what we're doing also with our with our websites, where people get a ready-made website, and obviously, once they are uh, they start using it, then they can realize how easy it is to adapt it to their own situation. This is the same thing with the courses. We give them some blueprints and we help them. Then uh, this helps them to structure their own knowledge, create a prototype. We've seen people getting blocked, not only in their course creation, but also even after they finalize their course, for some of them, it's super difficult to launch it. They are perfectionists. And I think that one of the nice things that we were getting out of the perhaps only handful of good things we can get out of 2020 is that people stopped being so perfectionist. Now, everybody goes on Zoom with a bad hair, cats, yeah. kids go, coming on. Uh, before we had met so many people worrying about having the the perfect sound, the perfect lighting, the perfect framing of the picture. It's not important. If you're conveying value with your online course, if your students get an, an experience, a life-changing experience, or even something, I don't know, they understand how to perform a certain skill, they, they grasp a certain content, then sometimes it's good enough. So just go out and launch your course. And one of the great events that we did uh, two months ago was the Just Launch It Challenge, a well, four-week training okay. course where we took people step-by-step, step, some experts, amazing experts with great knowledge who had no idea about how to create an online course. So we took them step-by-step step and we helped them launch their very first online course. And that was super satisfying also for us to help how did people you promote that? the process. That seems how, like one of the ways that you get teachers on your platform. How did you promote yes, it? Yes, that was an amazing lead magnet. That's one of the things we always say. Any kind, the best of, um, uh, types of lead magnets that we use for our business are online courses. Yeah, so what, what, did you, what did you do to get people to know that this was happening and to get them to sign up to do it? Created a landing page with our own platform that okay. probably took some, some 20 minutes. And then? I shot a 30-second video. But how did you get people to come to the landing page? We used Facebook ads. Super easy. The cost, the acquisition cost is immensely low. Once you have something that is appealing and you, you obviously, we're not starting from nothing. We already have some audiences so we can do work with lookalike audiences. And then we target creators. You can so target- Facebook, target creators, bring them in for this, for this free course, free training, people are learning how to do it. And if they're learning to do it on your platform, they're more likely to stick with your platform. Got it. The other thing that I've heard that you did is- um, you saw that there are lists online for course platform, uh, platforms for publishing courses. You started reaching out to them. Was it you, Panos, who was reaching out to them and saying, hey, you should know about our site. You should know that Learn Worlds allows this yes. too and in, what our benefits initially, are. Initially, we did emailing, cold emailing people on, uh, let's say, on Udemy trainers who already had courses. And Udemy, in many cases, changed their business model, always and making it harder for people to make money, uh, giving them a smaller share of the of the of the profits of the of the revenue. So uh, lots and lots of people were dissatisfied and were trying to find a different platform to host their online courses. So we've been reaching out to Udemy creators, ah, Skillshare, all yeah. sorts of all sorts of different of of people who. Uh, as I mentioned, the ideal is people who already have the audience and already have the content. If they have both, that's amazing. If they have one of the two, they have the content, so they're perhaps already teaching in a platform, then for them, it would be a nice idea to see and test a better platform and see how successful they can be with that So you're platform. figuring out who's already on those other platforms, getting their contact information, messaging them and saying, look, if you're on Skillshare, why are you sending people to Skillshare? You should have your own standalone course. Let Skillshare sure. send people to you. You'll make money from that or and have your own yes, standalone you can, with us. You can always use Skillshare or Udemy as a channel for having, let's say, the basic or usually light and cheaper version of your online course. For example, in Udemy, you don't control your pricing. So usually Udemy 
puts their own offers so that you don't have any control. And then you can have the premium version of your online course hosted on uh, on, on LearnWorlds. But I have Got to it. admit that the best channel working that works for us is the, is the inbound channel. We produce lots of content, lots of articles, how-to how articles about how people can create and sell online courses. So organic is by far the best channel that we have for getting new people onto the platform. What about, you have an affiliate program too? Yes, we have an affiliate program. How effective program. is that? But the, I was checking the numbers the other day. The, our affiliate program grew by 450% in 2020. So some people, have, effectively some of our top, a couple of our top affiliates are startups on their own just by st- sending people over to over to to learn. Yeah, I saw that. So it looks like one of your affiliates from what I can see is a guy named Adam Enfroy. Adam Enfroy teaches people, here's the headline from his site, learn how to scale your influence at startup speed, join me and half a million monthly readers to shift from blogger to business owner, scale your blog like a startup, etc. And what he's doing is teaching people how to do it and also from what I could see recommending that they sign up with you right? So that they could publish on Learn Worlds, their course and make money from their blog. Am I right? Uh, yes. Adam, an amazing story. He started as a blogger, teaching people how to create an audience, how to monetize their audience. At some point, he, he was not just dealing with online courses, but at some point he saw that online courses were becoming a hot thing. So he started working more with online course platforms and evaluating course platforms. Initially, we weren't his first option. I think initially we weren't even in any of his options. So we approached him, he tested LearnWorlds, he saw that it was good, he put it somewhere in his list, I don't know, eighth uh, eighth position, seventh position. But uh-huh. as, as he started getting customers over from us and some raving reviews, and as he was saying that the customers that he was staying over to us were staying more, making more money and not churning, he understood that he was onto something. So he started putting us in, in higher and higher positions. Probably now we rank, I don't know, first or second in his, in, his, in his choices. So that's an amazing story. And obviously his revenue and his audience skyrocketed also in 2020. This is the, 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 tail, uh, the tailwinds that, that uh, online business took from, uh, from COVID. So he, he now, I, I think we, we're, we're always super happy, although affiliate can be an expensive channel because you know you pay people but actually you pay people who bring you customers so you are very happy with the success of your affiliate so you're this is the the kind of money that we are happy to pay and the kind of partnerships that we value very very much so our affiliate is our second after the organic affiliate is our second biggest uh, channel i think now he's he's recommending one of your competitors all of a sudden too I mean, maybe the number it one was slot. Always, he, the, these guys, as you know from affiliates, you ne- you don't have to put all your eggs in uh, in one nest. So you always uh, suggest two or three different platforms. And no two platforms are alike. Other platforms work best for other kinds of businesses. So we don't have any problem of being co-promoted by any uh, by any affiliate or pe- or any person who has a large audience. And what you're doing is you're paying every, you're paying an ongoing commission, right? For the life yes. of the creator. Lifetime lifetime commission. And this is where affiliates can really see whether the customers that they are sending over to you, if they stay and keep paying even more commissions because they have upgraded, then they they realize that uh, they've yeah. chosen the right uh, the right partner. Right. All right, how much did your business grow after COVID? Let's say from 2019 to 2020, what percentage? We we grew by we more than tripled. More than tripled. Wow. In twenty in 2020. 2020 was the year of the creator, right? People who'd never created before suddenly had time, urgency, and also the world was ready for them, right? There were more platforms to get customers for free. There was more platforms to express yourself. I think we we had bet on the creators. That's that's why we built LearnWorlds. We bet on the creators. We bet on the on the teachers on the on the value of uh, of knowledge and how you can monetize knowledge. What COVID did is didn't much didn't so much foment changes out of the blue, but rapidly accelerated trends that were already there. So the the growth that we would probably see in five or six or seven or eight years, we saw it in six months or one year within. Uh, 2020. So in the first few months, the real shift happened 
started on the 15th of March of 2020. That's one when most of the countries uh, uh, started some kind of lockdown. So almost overnight, our funnel tripled and hasn't uh, it hasn't uh, slowed ever since. And at that point, we were seeing the, the consumption of online courses skyrocketing. So people were staying inside. These were extreme conditions, and we yep. really, really hope that we don't have to see that again. Obviously, it was one of the most stressful periods for, for all of us and our, all our families and all our known ones. So people were consuming Netflix, gaming, and online courses. And our customers, those that already had the, the first uh, movers, those that already were already yeah. there and already had a well-functioning online course and a well-functioning funnel, they were selling the, the, their sales from, from February to March more than tripled and in some cases quadrupled because people were, didn't have anything to do. They wanted to stay sane. They wanted to acquire some skills or just spend some quality time online learning how to massage your, your wife. So these are <laughs> very useful things. That was and really they can good. Pay off. So people were consuming online courses and we still see that continuing to this day. Obviously, we understand that there's a post-COVID era and some things will change. And uh, obviously, we hope that all this terrible situation will go away soon. But we also understand that people will not go back in many cases to the old days of doing things. I cannot imagine a business that wants to train their employees, I don't know, putting 300 people in a hotel for five hours of PowerPoint. This will never go be done again. We will meet again in a hotel, do a reception, have fun, uh, drink coffee, drink wine. But five hours of PowerPoint, this is not how people will be trained in the future. Hopefully, this is a thing uh, of, the, of the past. Yeah, I'd like to even see conferences go light, light, light on content and heavy on experiences. So yes. just a little bit of content so I get to know what the person's about and maybe so I can justify it. But in reality, all we want to do is do stuff with other people. All right. Learning, though, will stay online and continue to grow. I can see it. I can see it in my own life. My, now my wife is doing um, a meditation course online, right? It's just, it's part of our lives. It's not even such a big thing. All right. For anyone who wants to go check out the website, it's learnworlds.com. Worlds, like uh, W-O-R-L-D-S, learnworlds.com. I want to thank the two sponsors who made this interview happen. The first, if you have not started your blog, your site, this is the year to do it. Go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. And the second, if you have a team, you know you should be checking out Gusto. All you're doing by throwing that slash Mixergy at the end of the URL is saying, oh yeah, Andrew reminded me, I should be checking them out. It's gusto.com slash Mixergy to get those three months free and to really make your life and your team's life happier. Thank you so much, Panos. Thanks, Andrew. Stay safe, everyone. Thanks. Bye.